It is so good to be with you this morning. If Bikers Church Midrand is your home, welcome home. If Bikers Church is not your home and you are just visiting with us this morning, I pray that you'll be welcomed in, loved, and really feel like you are home this morning. Just a couple of uh, activities that's, that's happening over the next couple of uh, weeks. First off, if it is your first time visiting with us this morning, we'd like to just give you a special welcome, a very special welcome. And in order for us to give you a special welcome, we're going to need you to just slip up your hand and just show us who you are. If it's your first time here this morning, welcome, welcome. We've got some really brave folks. Fantastic. Got some more folks back there next to Uncle Chris. Welcome, folks. So good to have you here with us. We've got some visitors from all over the world here this morning. We've got Resh from Singapore, who so bravely stood up for us this morning. Welcome, Resh. Then we've got Alfred and Anna, family for I don't know how many years now, from Holy Riders in, uh, in Norway. And we are just so grateful to have you guys here with us visiting. Um, yeah. A lot of history there, and we just love you guys so much. A couple of, couple of things coming up over the next couple of weeks. Next week is a big Sunday for us. We've got Hayseb and Iyasa that are going to be here with us. Um, we are still busy with the Hayseb and Iyasa project. So as far as I know, we still need a little bit to fill our quotient to be able to send them on a really good holiday this December. So if you want to get in on the action... Who do I speak to about getting in on the action? If you want to get in on the action, right up front there. There we go. That's it. Right up front there, the, the little windmill vibe that's in that basket. Uh, go connect with the folks at that table, and they'll be able to help you out. Um, it is a really worthwhile cause. We assist them every year, and we assist them monthly. Um, but we just absolutely love the work that they do in the home that they provide for those kids. Um, at the same time, the office will be closed as from Sunday, the 9th of December, just something to diarize, but we will be open again on the 8th of January. Then to help you with your Christmas arrangements, we've gone and changed everything this week. Vanna got up here with gusto last week and made all sorts of arrange, um, announcements with regards to Christmas and, 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 and then come Tuesday, we changed everything. So it's my apologies. So what's going to happen is, because we got everything on top of each other again, the Sunday the 23rd, Sunday the 23rd, there won't be church in the morning. You need to diarize that. I'd hate for you to rock up here. You would have kerk onariboom. All right. <laughs> Because uh, the, the doors will be locked. Okay, there's going to be no one here. The 23rd. Then at the same time, Christmas Eve, we will be having a service here at church. We're not doing a Christmas morning service. We're doing a Christmas Eve service. That'll be at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Straight after the service, we are having our Christmas dinner. So... If you've got family far away, you don't have family, either way, if you have family and they're on your doorstep, but you want to come and have Christmas dinner with us, come and have Christmas dinner with us. All right. What we will ask is that you please res uh, reserve a booking. We need bookings because we need to know how many people to cater for. So just connect with the folks at the info desk or phone us during the week and say, hey, 
I'm coming for Christmas dinner. I'll be here. I hope you're going to be here. Is that good? Fantastic. Sam, welcome, ma'am. It is so good to have you and Max having joined us all the way from KZN. And I see the family has now caught up and joined. So great to have you guys here. Yeah. All right, this morning, just to keep myself accountable. All right, this morning, we are starting with a brand new series. Why? Because it is December. And what happens in December? That was a very well-timed ping right there. Christmas. Christmas happens, although some of us felt like it started in October. Isn't that the truth? Walk through shopping centers and all you see is tinsel and glitz and glam and bony M. I'm so glad it only happens once a year. (laughs) That's me. I need to get over my own stuff. All right. So Christmas. So what I find amazing about Christmas is that come Christmas time, So many of us jump on this bandwagon of what's permissive and what isn't and what should Christmas look like and smell like and taste like and should there be a tree and shouldn't there be a tree and should there be carols and who is carol anyway and we have all these different thoughts surrounding Christmas and what we can and can't do. This wasn't part of my message but I think it's important. I feel that so often when we take all that energy and try and walk around like prefects telling people what Christmas should and shouldn't be, we miss out on the heart of Christmas. Because the truth is, Christmas is about Jesus. That's it. It's that simple. Christmas is about Jesus. It is about the birth of our Savior. So, maybe this Christmas, instead of pointing out everything that we should and shouldn't do, how's about we just focus on the reason of Christmas and go around and love people the way that Jesus would want us to love them. Is that good? And that was free. In the words of the great philosopher Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. All right, let's move on. So, if you grew up in a family where you did trees and you did the gifts and all that stuff, Isn't it true that so often we walk into the living room or wherever it is where the tree is standing and the gifts are under the tree and we kind of walk up to the tree and and have a look at the cards and, and try and find that gift that has your name on it. Okay? And as you look at it, you start investigating the shape and the size and you start investigating the structure and you start thinking about the conversations that you've had in the past and the hints that you've dropped and the not so subtle suggestions that you've made and the wishes and all these things that you've poured into getting the gift that you really wanted. So you look at this parcel and based on all of these things, you're absolutely convinced that you know what's under that tree for you. Under the wrapping paper, you know exactly what it is. And then that evening or morning, whether you do it Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, um, in our house, my parents had wisdom. They did it Christmas Eve. What does that mean? Mom and dad can sleep late Christmas morning. 
If you were part of the families who did a Christmas morning, then you were probably part of the families who had kids pulling at your leg at four in the morning. Is it Christmas yet? Is it Christmas yet? Or you were those kids. Um, but either way, whether you're doing it in the, in, the, in the evening or the morning, you get this gift, you unwrap it, and as you unwrap it, you realize something. It's not at all what you expected. It's not, you were fully convinced that you knew exactly what that was going to be all about. And when you unwrapped it, it was something completely different. And I feel that so often the story behind Christmas is the exact same. That we kind of just brush through December and we kind of just go based on what we were taught as kids, what we, what we heard in some TV show, what we, what we were told at school, what we were taught through our parents, what we heard in Sunday school. We, we kind of take all these things, we put them together and we go, this is what Christmas is. Now this December, through this series, we would like to lay down all these pre-existing thinking and beliefs around Christmas that are all based on pretty much what we've been told, what we've been promised, what we desire, and what we believe. And as a church, we want to come and just unwrap Christmas and look at the different people in the story and see how we can learn from their part that they played within the Christmas story. And possibly, we just might see the Christmas story in a brand new light. Is that okay? All right. So, we've said Christmas is all about Jesus. But how many of us know it didn't start with Jesus? It had to start somewhere before Jesus came along. Isn't that the truth? So this morning, we'd like to, to have a look at, at the life of one individual in particular. Mary and Joseph were really instrumental in Jesus coming to earth. Isn't that so? God needed a vessel to bring his son. I mean, the easiest thing would have been for him to just have flicked his finger. There's a risen savior, conquers all the, all the, the rulers of the day and done. And that's kind of what Israel was expecting. But God had another plan and God comes and, and he brings a savior into the world, but he brings him in as a baby. He brings him in as an infant. And in order for that to happen, he needed parents, <laughs> So, hence, Joseph and Mary, and even though Mary was an incredible woman, this morning I'd really like to have a look at the life of Joseph and, and just dig into his life a bit. And, and for me, Joseph's story is just the most incredible one because he, he takes no shine. He, he's hardly even mentioned. And in case you're wondering, it's not the Joseph with the 12 brothers and the colorful coat. Different Joseph, Mary's Joseph, Jesus' Joseph. And Joseph's story, we, we really get to engage with his story um, from Matthew 1 verse, verse 19 and Luke verses 1 to 2, um, sorry, Luke chapter 1 verse 2. 
So for context this morning, let's go have a look. Matthew 1 verses 18 to 25. Let's read a portion of the story and kind of see how he comes into the fray. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. Rather important statement right there. And did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, A virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. So as we look at, at the life of Joseph, I think the, the, the first thing that really stands out to me when it comes to Joseph is that Joseph was a, a, a good, godly Jewish man. It makes it very clear here. The, the Bible says he was a righteous man, meaning a, a man in right standing with God. Now, the Bible doesn't just throw that word around when, he, when it talks about people really doesn't so the fact that it that it pointed out that joseph was a righteous man speaks into the character of moses uh, joseph sorry it speaks into into who joseph was as a man as a person then it says about mary you know joseph was then engaged to be married to mary who was a good god-fearing jewish girl why do I say girl? Because chances are that when all of this was going on, she was probably about 15. You know, Times were a bit different back then, although maybe not so. All right. I digress. What it says about Mary is that in, in the book of Luke, when it gives the same account, it says that Mary found favor with God. So also just speaking into the character of of who Mary was as a a young lady and then as a lady. But folks, I think so often we kind of just brush over the story and just go, that's so pretty, that's so nice, let's move on. But consider this, consider Joseph's perspective of this. His soon-to-be wife, he's just found out is pregnant. How would you take that if you were honest? I can only imagine that Joseph must have, must have looked at this and, you know, 
I find scripture amazing. I find the, the Bible gives us so much. And then there's these little white spaces between words. And there are these little white spaces between sentences and phrases. And there are these little white spaces between paragraph. And I, I believe that for the people that we're reading about, life happened in between those white spaces. Does that make sense? Life happened. Like, I don't think Joseph just brushed over it. Like, he didn't hear that she was pregnant and then said, well, I'll just go and divorce her quiet. Or, I mean, um, break off the engagement quietly. I'm sure that Joseph wrestled with that. Consider it, man. You know, I'm meant to marry this girl. What's, what's just happened? You know, we're, we're not even married yet. She's pregnant. Some guy went and knocked her up. The kid's not mine. I wasn't involved at all. You know, what's going on here? You know, this kid isn't mine. I, I mean, ultimately, this is an illegitimate child. You know, and, and honestly, I've got questions like, where's the father? Who's the father? For starters, And where's the father? Why is he not taking responsibility? Why has he not come forward? You know, and Mary, seriously, what about us? I thought this was good. I thought you loved me. And then you go and you do, you you go and do this. What about my life? Don't you consider how this would reflect upon me? I mean, the the Bible even says I'm a righteous man. And now you making me out to look like a skabanga. Have you even considered how this would impact me? What about me? What about my future? God, surely this can't be plan A. This has to be plan B. I had a very different picture in mind. But ultimately, folks, there was something that happened when the angel of the Lord then comes to Joseph and says to him, Joseph, you got to do this, man. And there's something very specific that, that the angel of the Lord says to Joseph and, and it changes Joseph's mind. And we'll get into that something specific soon. But he then does. He then takes Mary as his wife and he, he kind of lays down his plans and he, 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 he brings Mary in as, as his wife and gets married. And then uh, Caesar Augustus calls for a census. And all the, all the men have to return to their hometown for the census to take part in the census. And for Joseph, that was Nazareth. And they head off and they get there. And we know the story. There was no room in the inn. There was just no room anywhere. And the innkeeper says, you're welcome to use my stable. And again, I've got to kind of look at those white spaces between the words and, and, and just think to myself on this night where Mary's busy huffing and puffing and contractions are setting in and, you know, like this is about to get very real very quick. Here they are in a stable. And I can only imagine Joseph kind of stepping outside to just catch his breath for what's about to happen and, and just kind of processing everything and kind of going back to that conversation that he had before the angel came along and just going, Lord, how I, this isn't what I imagined. This isn't what I imagined. I didn't imagine this when I thought of the birth of my first child. Like, I look at this, I didn't imagine cows. I didn't imagine donkeys. I didn't imagine all the stuff that's left over once they've eaten. I didn't imagine this. I didn't imagine this. What, What I imagined, I imagined home. 
I, I imagined the smell of fresh baking while all of this is happening. I, I, imagined, I imagined grandparents faffing and me feeling like every grandmother just needs a Valium. Like that's what I imagined. I imagined a midwife for my wife. Bronwyn's a doula and she often sends us birthing videos and it's awesome to just see the most incredible moment when life happens for the first time. But that process, man, you need someone who knows what they're doing. And they didn't even have that on the night. And I can imagine Joseph just sitting there thinking to himself, man, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like, like the best that I could give my wife. God, I've got to be honest. This doesn't seem like the best that you could do right now. This isn't just a child. For heaven's sakes, this is the Messiah that's about to be born. This child isn't mine, Lord. This plan isn't mine. This isn't my plan A. This definitely, definitely feels like we're busy with plan B. And folks, now I want to turn the attention to you and to me. And I, and I really believe this with all my heart, and it's going to pop up on the screen for you. But just because our current reality lacks godly context, it doesn't mean that our current reality lacks God. Just because our current reality lacks godly context, that, that, that we're struggling to see God in it. It doesn't mean that God is absent in the moment. Makes sense? See, we look at Joseph's story. We, we look at his life and we look at it through a godly context. We look at it through a New Testament context. We look at it through a historical context. And it all makes sense and it's all beautiful and it's all encouraging. But if we had to take all that away like Joseph would have been, Joseph would have been in a place where he had none of that. Joseph would have been in a place where, where he didn't have any of that context. He just saw his current reality. And his current reality did not look like his plan A. I mean... The guys who captured his life were possibly not even born yet. Consider that. Matthew and Luke, who wrote those books, they, they probably weren't even around in the day. And, and, and here's my question. When you look at his current reality, I wouldn't have blamed him if he said no. I'm honest. I wouldn't have blamed him if he said, this is too much for me to handle. I'm out. So it begs the question, what if Joe had said no? It was catchy, so I went with it. But think about it. What if Joe had said no? What if Joseph had said no to God's process? What would he have missed out on? Consider this. If Joseph had said no, he would have missed out on the birth of the Savior. He would have missed out on the birth of Christ. He would have said no to probably the most profound moment in history. He would have said no to that. Beyond that, Joseph would have said no to the incredible honor and privilege of being entrusted with fathering and raising the son of God. You think you got a hectic job? (laughs) 
You see, folks, everything in Jewish scripture pointed to a significant moment in history. It all pointed to a promise. It all pointed to a savior. It all pointed to a Christ. And Joseph was invited into that moment. Joseph was invited into that story. And Joe could have said no. And he would have missed out on all of that. But he didn't say no, he said yes. Why did he say yes? We kind of alluded to it earlier on. I believe that the reason why Joseph said yes, it had something very specific to do with what the angel of the Lord said to him. Where where we read earlier in Matthew 1, in verse 23, it says this. It's it's the prophecy that uh, the angel was repeating. He said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. Joseph, no one's touched her, man. No one's touched her. And, and, and get this, I recognize that you haven't touched her. I recognize that you've been faithful. I recognize that you've been honorable in this moment. And that is why God is wanting to use you. It doesn't escape us. Look, a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him, and here it is, folks, Emmanuel. They will call him Emmanuel. You'll call him Jesus, but in years to come, in generations to come, 2,000 years later, we are still calling him Emmanuel. Why? Because he is God with us. And because Joseph realized this promise in this moment, Joseph said yes to God's plan A that in Joseph's eyes may still have looked a little bit like plan B. But you see, folks, God doesn't do regret. God doesn't do oops. God doesn't do plan B. We do plan B. We're actually very good at doing plan B. Isn't that the truth? We go off and we do our own thing. What's that called? Plan B. We do plan B when we do our own thing. We do plan B when we say no to God's plan. We do plan B when we give up. We do plan B while we're doing our own detour. We do plan B when we follow our own selfishness. And then here's the crazy thing. Then it doesn't work out and we blame God. Like we do our own thing. It doesn't work, and then we blame God for the results. And how often do we look at life and think, man, this must be plan B. This must be plan B. This is not in line with my hopes, my dreams, my desires. It's just not in line with any of these. So what do I do? I run. I end up running, and and as we run, we cause even a bigger mess. And ultimately, we miss out on what God actually has in store for us. There there was a prophet prophet by the name of, of Amos. 
And in Amos 5 verse 4, there's this promise for us. And, and it's, it's actually a promise. It's actually God speaking to the nation of Israel. But, but I believe it carries his heart. And that it carries his heart from the Old Testament into the New Testament, into our lives today. And it says this. It says, come back to me and love. Come back to me and love. You see, folks. I believe that there are two forms of, of, of plan, plan B's that we could be looking at in life. The first one is the one where, where I run off and I do a detour and I'm living plan B. And it's absolutely in my control and it absolutely has to do with what I did. And then there's another form of what looks like plan B. And that's when external things are thrown our way that we had no control over. We had no say in it. But we have to deal with the, with the effects and the results of it. But it doesn't mean that God's not in it. And for a lot of us, we've lived in a place where we've done our own thing and we've, we've made all these detours and we've, we've followed our own selfish ambitions. And I believe that today God looks at you and he looks at me and he says, come back to me and love. Come back to me and love. And right now in your life, you may be facing things that look so different to what you thought it should. And if you're honest, at the moment you're tempted, you look down that road of, that, that looks quite, quite hairy. You look down that road and it looks quite tough. Stuff has come your way and, and, and you've not had any control over it. I'm talking about the second plan B now. You've, you've not had any control over it. But things have come your way and, and, and life's been tough. And, and, and you look down this road and you're thinking, man, I don't, know, I don't know if I can say yes to going down this road. And you are so tempted to just say no. But I want to I wanna be as bold as to say that I believe that God brought you here this morning to give you this one message. And that is just imagine. Just imagine what God could do with your life if you said yes to his process. Just imagine what God can do with your life. If you look down that road and it looks tough, it looks hairy, it looks scary. And you said yes. What could God possibly do through the hardship that produced something incredible in you on the other side? You see, God took a simple carpenter. He took a simple carpenter who said yes to a life that didn't fit that carpenter's framework. And he entrusted this carpenter with fathering the son of God. But he had to say yes to the process. What if you said yes to a life that didn't fit your framework? Instead of running from hardship, you allowed God to walk you right through it. The worship team's welcome to come up. So this past Friday, my wife and I celebrated uh, 12 years of, of, of marriage, which I think she deserved. Thank you. I think she deserves a medal, a nap, and a holiday. Um, 
But you know, as we were talking through this, as we were kind of reflecting on, on 12 years, and, and there are many of you who've gone far further miles than what we have, but as we were reflecting on it, you know, we, we kind of reflected on where our lives are at at the moment and, and certain things that are going on that we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. And as we look at it, we, we stopped and, and just spoke through that. And I, I, the thought that came to my mind was if you ran me back 12 years ago to my wedding day and sat me down and painted me a picture of what my life would look like today in detail, there are certain things that if you told me, I would have said not in a million years, wouldn't have happened. So the certain things that I wouldn't have chosen for myself, a lot of good, a lot of good where I also would have said, man, not in a million years, little blonde headed guy running around just somewhere. But at the same time, there are other aspects where I would just would have gone never in a million years, man. No way, that, that's, that's not our lives. That would definitely be plan B. <laughs> no, it'll be like plan F. And as we spoke through it, I, I, I said to my wife, you know, as we still going through it, we're not through it, we're still working through it, we're still walking this road, and, and, and there are days where, where you just reach that point where you're just like, Lord, man, I'm really struggling to see you in this right now. But as we're working through these processes, I just had such a strong sense in that moment, like God was just saying to us, just imagine, just imagine what I could do if you just persisted. Just imagine what I could do in this small, seemingly insignificant little family. Just imagine what I can do through your lives. Just imagine what I can do through this family. If you just look down that road and no matter how hard, no matter how tough, no matter how outrageously intense it may seem, if you just said yes and pushed through and trusted that I'm Emmanuel, God with you all the way. Just imagine what he could do. And in your life, it's no different. Just imagine. Take those hardships. Take those things that you're facing at the moment. Those financial challenges that just make no sense. Those, those family strains that just feel like they're completely overwhelming. That job situation that just feels toxic. All of these things that come our way. If you look down that road, I want to say this to you. Just imagine what God could do in your life if you just said yes to his process and allowed him to be Emmanuel, God with you all the way through that process, realizing that even though this might not be the plan that I would have handpicked for myself, it's the plan that God has picked for me because he's something that he's wanting to, to produce in me to become what he wants me to be down the line. And I believe that for this to be realized, there's certain actions that we would have to take as individuals. What is this going to require from you? What is this going to require from me? I believe very possibly in your life, for this to happen, it will require forgiveness. Someone that you need to forgive that you haven't forgiven. 
letting go of certain things that you need to let go of. Maybe, maybe it's going to require for you to apologize to someone that you know you owe an apology. Maybe it's going to require for you to repent in an area of life. Maybe it's going to require for you to go and make financial restitution where you swindled someone. Maybe it's going to require for you to tell the truth in an area where you've been lying. And maybe, just maybe, it's going to require for you to love someone that you've not been able to love for a little while. And folks, as we look down this road and as we, we, we consider everything that's been said, I, I think it's absolutely daunting unless we take God at His word where He says, and for us to remember that He is Emmanuel, God with us. Trust His plan. Trust His process. And watch Him create beauty out of ashes. Father God, this morning we, we come and we surrender ourselves to Your plan. Lord, I thank You for the beautiful beautiful way in which you portrayed it through the life of Joseph Lord where he had every reason to opt out he had every reason to get out of what seemed like a really bad situation but Father God I thank you I thank you that instead of running he turned to you Lord that instead of of, of following his own path Lord, that he ultimately looked to you and recognized that you had a plan and that you were with him every single step of the way. Lord, I thank you that as you look at our lives, you see so much more than we do when we look in the mirror. Lord, your plans for us are Oh, so much greater than we could ever think or imagine, Lord. Your heart for us is just so much bigger than we could ever, ever try to fathom. Lord, I thank you that today, when you look at our lives, we may look in the mirror and see brokenness. We may look in the mirror and see areas of failure. We may look in the mirror and see great struggles, Lord. But Father God, I thank you that when you look at us, Lord, you see your child that you love. Father God, that when you look in the, at, at us, Father, Lord, that you see a plan that we can't begin to imagine. That you see a future that we cannot begin to imagine, Lord. Lord, that you see people that you want to use for great and mighty works. Lord, may we not just be another Joe, but Father God, may we be like Joseph and say yes to your plan. Right there in your seat, folks. You know who you are. This morning, this is spoken specifically to you. And you recognize that there's someone you need to forgive. Forgive them right now.
right there in your seat. Lord, I, I release this person. I forgive this person. Maybe, maybe something that you need to let go of. Maybe it's a business deal that you've been white knuckling on. You've been holding on to it so tightly and you've never had peace about it, but you know that the rewards could be great. But today's the day where God's saying, let it go. I've got something else for you. You're sitting there and you realize that there's someone that you owe an apology to. Right there in your seat, commit before God. Before the end of this week, Lord, I'm going to find that person and I'm going to make that apology. There's an area in your life that you may need to repent for. Stuff that's happened, I don't know the details. But right there in your seat, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for this. I choose to stop heading down this road and I choose to follow you wholeheartedly, Lord. You're sitting there and you realize there's financial retribution that you've got to go and make things right financially. You owe someone money. You, you, You swindled them in a deal or whatever the case may be, but you owe someone money. I want to say this to you. God honors decisions that honor Him. You go and you commit to paying that person back no matter how long it takes. You commit to paying that person back and see what God can do in your life. There's an area in your life where you've, where you've not been telling the truth, where you've been hanging on to a lie. Let it go. Start telling the truth. There's someone in your life that you've shunned, that you've pushed away. And you recognize that it's time to love that person commit that before the week is up you're going to make contact and that you're going to start loving that person the way that Christ loves you and Lord as folks have just been doing business with you in their seats Lord Father God I thank you that this morning we can come and lay down all of these areas of our lives Lord Lord that we can trust your plan that we can trust your process lord that we can recognize that you are emmanuel god with us and that from this point onwards we can watch you create beauty out of these lives that so often look like ashes we commit it all to you to you be the praise to you be the glory to you be the honor in all of these instances lord and we pray it all in jesus name And if you agree, just say, Amen. Amen. If you need someone to chat to this morning, we'll be up front here for a little while. Come find us, come chat to us. Beyond that, beyond that, have a wonderful week. Thank God you're not leaving the church. You are the church. Go be the church. Go be the example that God's asked us to be. We love you guys and we will see you next week. Thank you guys.